Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Uh, first of all, thanks to all of you for showing up today, despite yesterday being the festival. So thank you all. Um, before I start, I just want to offer my prayers to our founder teacher, Srila Prabhupada. Namaom Vishnupadaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Itinamini Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvisesha Shunyavadi Pashyata Deshatarini So, yesterday we observed the festival celebration commemorating the appearance day of Lord Balaram. So we have the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, but he has innumerable forms. He has lots of expansions and he has many incarnations. The first expansion that comes out from the Supreme God, Krishna, is Lord Balaram himself. So he has the same supremacy and all the opulences and power and strength and so on that Krishna has. And he is also the original spiritual master. Bala, his name is Bala Ram. Bala in Sanskrit means strength. The moment the word strength is uttered or read, it carries a certain image in our mind of a bulging muscles and a physically strong person. And if we think further, we think about strength from knowledge, strength from wealth, and mental strength, emotional strength, and so on. But our spiritual teachers give a deeper meaning and insight to that word strength. Balaram is the source of spiritual strength. So, we will discuss certain aspects before we touch upon that spiritual strength because as Mother Ananda was introducing the topic, she was mentioning some challenges that we encounter in our, when we try to practice spiritual life. Few things come to mind like false ego, our dear friend, and the inability to let go, our struggles, our challenges in letting go, and forgiving. Each of these are heavyweight topics. We can sit here for days together and we can talk about it, but we will be barely scratching the surface. But I will just try to introduce those concepts and how it fits into our way of practicing spirituality and then how it ties in with our topic for the day, In Search of Strength. So false ego. 
It's basically ego means identity and false ego means we have a false identity. So if I say a sentence with a blank, I am, followed by a blank and ask you to fill it up, what are the various answers that we would come out with? I am Indian, I am American, I am male, I am female, I am a doctor, I am an engineer, I am a lawyer, and the list is endless. Those are all false identifications. They might be temporary identifications, but they are not our real identification. And we also have sometimes the thought that I am beautiful, I am talented, I am great. So uh, these are the manifestations or symptoms of false ego. Um, and when we have such kind of an identity and we live our life like that, there is a very thin line that gets blurred and we find ourselves in the kingdom called pride. Because once we say like, oh, I'm so skilled, I'm so talented, I'm so, I'm so great, without even realizing we have crossed into that territory called pride. Is pride wrong? Because in the modern world today, people who are very aggressive and assertive are the ones who are imitated most, especially in the workplace. Let me tell you a small story from Srimad Bhagavatam. This personality is the son of Lord Brahma, who was the first created human being, Lord Brahma. And he is like very exalted and powerful personality who creates the secondary creation that we see now and is very powerful and very elevated. And this personality, Daksha, is his direct son. In Sanskrit, Daksha means expert. He was expert in conducting very difficult, complicated Vedic fire sacrifices. And why is it so complicated? Because there are specific mantras that have to be recited in the proper meter, in the proper pronunciation, and the person who is reciting and doing that fire sacrifice has to be very qualified person himself. And this person, person, Daksha, did not do one sacrifice like that. He did hundreds and hundreds of fire sacrifices like that. So, and people were appreciating him on how well he was doing it, how expert he was in doing those sacrifices. So naturally when somebody comes to us and says like, we are so good, we are so expert, what happens? immediately we start puffing up. And if it continuously is reinforced, there is no limit to that puffing up. So Daksha was in that stage. He was so puffed up with pride. Think, oh, there's nobody better than me who can do these fire sacrifices so expertly. So, so far so good. 
But we have a saying, right? Pride comes before fall. But in America, we say summer comes before fall. <laughs> so pride comes before fall. And he was so puffed up with pride that he was now ready to take that fall. So there was one big sacrifice that was arranged. And there were very famous sages and saintly personalities assembled in that arena. And Lord Brahma was seated, Lord Shiva was seated, and Daksha was making his entrance into that assembly. Everybody stood up and paid their respects to Daksha, except Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva. And Lord Shiva happened to be his Daksha's son-in-law also. So as per their relationship, the son-in-law has to show the respect to the father-in-law. But Lord Shiva was in meditation, meditating on the Supreme Lord, so he, wa he was not aware that he had entered the assembly. But Daksha took offense, and he started using harsh language and offending Lord Shiva. And one thing led to the another, and finally it came to a point where his own daughter had to give up her life because of the way he was treating Lord Shiva and herself. So that is the consequence of pride. The antidote for pride is pridelessness. But how do we live a life of pridelessness? So let's hold that thought and that question and let's tackle the next heavyweight item that we have, which is forgiving. So let me define what forgiveness is. It is the intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding an offense. Let's go of negative emotions such as vengefulness with an increased ability to wish the offender well. When someone offends us and causes us hurt and pain, what is our normal reaction? Retaliate. Get back. That's called vengeful mentality. Why do we want to do that? Does it feel so nice? I gave it back as much as I could. And I wish I could still give it back even more. Because we, we want the other person to feel the pain and hurt that we went through and we want to punish them. So that's the vengeful mindset. So when somebody offends us like that or when somebody does something that we do not like or interrupts us or our plans, we go carrying around that hate, that grudge, resentment, anger within us. So in connection with that, let me tell you a small story. There was a psychologist giving a workshop in a workplace and 
it's what it was about stress management and stress relief so during the course of the talk the psychologist stopped and picked up a glass of water and showed them to the audience just like i'm doing it to you so the question she asked how heavy is this glass of water so people started giving answer oh it's 8 ounce 10 ounce 20 ounces 50 ounces and so on so the psychologist listened to that and then said it doesn't matter how heavy this glass is it depends upon how long i hold it that determines whether it is going to be easy to hold it or is it going to be very difficult and painful to hold it if i hold it for a few seconds then i don't feel any hurt or pain i can put it down but if i keep holding it for a minute my arms start hurting and if i hold it for a few hours my arms become numb even though it just just a small glass of water that doesn't weigh that much so now the psychologist said similarly we carry so much weight within us that we don't need we think that those weight that we carry are very precious things that we cannot put it aside we have to like safeguard it within us hate grudge anger resentment very nice qualities right nice feelings and precious things and we carry it with us and hold on to it not for a minute not for few minutes not for few hours not for few days for a lifetime and many lifetimes too how heavy and paralyzing it should feel it becomes so to so paralyzing that we cannot even do simple things in our life because it has like overwhelmed us so what should we do so that's where forgiving comes in so forgiving can be defined like like this a person who can tolerate all kinds of offenses from the opposite party is known to be forgiving they learn to let go if there is one sentence that we can remember from today's talk i am giving that's that term let go it's a very good mantra let go a person who lets go can is called forgiving okay now first we talked about false ego and the pride that results as because of that false identification and doing many wrong things based on that and then we talked about forgiving both of them being prideless and forgiving seems to be a very challenging and daunting thing to do right how many of us find it it's a walk in the park oh so easy i'll just crack it like that it's a big challenge agree no <laughs> so the supreme lord krishna 
is portrayed in the paintings in the above here behind me he appeared as chaitanya mahaprabhu the portraits are on that side of the wall opposite to me so he came down and he was called the most merciful incarnation of the supreme lord and out of his endless compassion he gave a wonderful formula that formula goes like this thinking oneself lower than the straw in the street one should be more tolerant than a tree devoid of all sense of false prestige and should be ready to offer all respects to others in such a state of mind one can chant the holy name of the lord constantly so he talks about four principles there one thinking oneself lower than the straw in the street number 1 number 2 more tolerant than a tree number 3 devoid of all sense of false prestige number 4 should be ready to offer all respects to others all of these things tie together in one word humility we will now discuss what humility is and go through those features characteristics and symptoms all those four points are there humility means having a modest opinion of one's importance or work it means not thinking of oneself as superior to others it's basically the opposite of arrogance aggression pride and vanity the author cs lewis says it very nicely humility is not thinking less of yourself it is thinking of yourself less right because normally when the word word humility humility is mentioned we think of mild weak basically we think that being humble or uh, practicing humility is useless but here he is saying it is thinking less of yourself and giving space to others because all the time our thinking is like me 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 and there might be some mini me's there and mega me's there but it's about it's finally everything in that is me 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 humility is the art of pulling ourselves away from that kind of thinking and f- let others around us have some breathing space and humility is also a symptom of love for lord krishna it also means being straightforward without any duplicity duplicity means i say one thing do another thing so in other words it means simplicity
okay so far so good but humility is not something like we just keep talking about it's something that needs to be practiced every day that's where the going gets tough but one of the key principle to practicing humility is given by chaitanya mahaprabhu himself in that verse that i read more tolerant than a tree without tolerance humility doesn't happen humility is basically the it's a tolerance is basically the essence of humility whatever situations we face in our life from other persons we should have the principle of tolerance to face that so that's why tolerance becomes a key factor that's why it's called the essence of humility so chaitanya mahaprabhu said tolerant than a tree what does the tree do yeah even if you cut it down it doesn't protest it stands in the scorching sun heavy snow heavy rain doesn't matter it just tolerates it what does a blade of grass do do we even notice the blade of grass when we walk on it or sit on it roll on it play on it it's just there it's just there and we make use of it but we don't even acknowledge it but the grass just bends down just the blade of grass just bends down says okay fine proceed so that's why chaitanya mahaprabhu said humbler than a blade of grass more tolerant than a tree not expecting any prestige to oneself and be ready to offer all respects to others because that's one of the great the characteristic or symptom of humility when a person is humble that person is ready to respect others respect the opinions of others it's not just my highway my way or highway right they are willing to listen and yeah because they recognize each one of us are individuals we have our different perspectives different experiences different thoughts different opinions so they are so comfortable in respecting that aspect and a a person who is humble knows what they do not know and they are willing to ask others and learn from others and they also help others and promote others to grow it's not only like only i should grow and only i should get appreciation they are so comfortable in helping others grow and get, get take get others take the center stage because one of the 
the symptoms of false ego is it's attention seeking hankering after appreciation and praise but the antidote to that is humility where a person is able to respect others and give that space for others to grow and shine so one other thing that we talked about when we said false ego is we have that false identification a person who is humble knows their own strengths and weaknesses their own limitations and they are quite comfortable with that since they are comfortable with their own limitations of strengths and weaknesses they know i am not perfect i am prone to make mistakes and others around me are also not perfect they can also make mistakes how many times in our life we dealt even with our family members as if they should not have committed that when we blow it up like it's the biggest mistake that ever to have been committed by human kind right and when we do the same thing oh it's nothing so that's why humility plays such a key role normally we tend to think that the prideful approach that's being promoted mostly nowadays in the modern society is the way to imitate and grow and live our life and we think that that is strength but humility on the other hand is the real strength because it helps us to be ourselves know our limitations let go of our pride and become prideless and also have a proper conception of ourselves what is the proper conception of ourselves because when we started out i was saying i am and then we have lots of ways we can fill that blank but in reality i am not this body as prabhu was mentioning when he was making his announcement you are saying we are not the bodies and we know it so i am not this body then if i am not this body who am i i am a spirit soul okay that's a good statement but it's not a complete statement i am a spirit soul and i am eternally a servant of krishna so that is a proper identity and that comes to a person who is very humble because the person thinks i am very tiny and insignificant in front of god in relationship to god because that's my actual position the moment i take that conception out i think that i am the greatest gift to humanity and i move around in that manner and attitude which is the opposite conception of humility so a person who is really humble will have a proper conception of the self will not be prone to false ego will not be prone to pride and will also be able to forgive
and not only that humility also helps us cultivate a gratitude grateful heart as we think that we are entitled to everything we deserve everything everything good only should happen to us so in that context let's talk about again lord balram so when the beginning i said like lord balram is the first expansion of the supreme lord krishna he has the same supremacy and all the opulences are in the same level as krishna yet balram doesn't think that i am same as krishna he thinks i am just only a fragment of the fragment of the fragment of krishna and i should always serve him in whatever capacity i can imagine we blessed with that kind of supremacy and all those opulences will we think like that even without that we are creating so much havoc our ego knows no bounds but balram on the other hand he was thinking no i'm just a fragment of the fragment of the fragment of my master god lord krishna and my position is always to serve him and please him in whatever way so now lord balram is the original spiritual master and he is the source of spiritual strength he himself is in that humble mood always wanting to serve krishna we can learn from him and we can also pray to him that he blesses with that same humility and the mood of service to serve krishna for his pleasure and shila prabhupad adds few good points that we can all take so with that i can conclude it's almost 1:45 and then we can maybe have some discussion so he says our spiritual strength depends upon our unflinching faith in krishna and in our spiritual teachers following the regulative principles chanting the hare krishna mahamantra every day taking food that is sanctified by first offering it to the supreme lord krishna and reading scriptures like bhagavad gita and shrimad bhagavatam regularly every day he says these spiritual practices are our spiritual strength so in conclusion the topic is like in search of strength so i that's why i talked about the physical strength the emotional strength and so on because sometimes we have a conception of strength that is totally different from what it actually is and we think humility is not a strength and it's a weakness but humility is actually the real strength and performing our daily spiritual practices gives us that spiritual strength to remain humble so that we can tackle the difficult challenges that arise in our life like false ego the ability to let go and to forgive so with that i will stop talking
and I will start listening. So, Mike, all the way in the back. Hare Krishna Prabhu, thanks for the very thoughtful talk. I had a question about forgiveness. So sometimes you hear, yeah, I'm going to forgive, but I'm not going to forget. <laughs> so is that a strength or is that a weakness? It's still a weakness because we are just saying, oh, I'm going to forgive. But when I'm saying I'm not going to forget, we are going to keep replaying that in our mind over and over and again. When we do that, what is the consequence again? Again, that vengeful hatred, anger, resentment, all those things, all those wonderful friends show up and say, let's have a party. So, it's again a weakness. So, the reply sometimes when I say that is, uh, no, I'm really letting go, I'm really letting go. But I know that person or persons, they're prone to perhaps hurting me again. And I'm not going to be a fool because what do we say? We say... Uh, once, shame on me once, yeah, shame on me. Yeah, true. So maybe that is that spinning it a different way, and then uh, and then it's actually letting go, or what? What do you say? So letting it go doesn't mean that we remain stupid and foolish and act the allow the other person to keep coming in and doing their offensive uh, activities on us over and over and again. We take practical steps to safeguard us, that's fine. But we let go of that mentality that I have to get back at that other person for what that person did to me. So that is the main principle behind forgiveness. At the same time, as you rightly expressed that in your question, we have to be very careful that we don't put ourselves in such a situation to be exploited by the same person or persons of similar caliber. So that's up to us. That's, that, I would say, is intelligence. Because Prabhupada once said, strength also means intelligence. And he said, like, we can pray to, pray to uh, Lord Balaram for spiritual strength and intelligence. So, again, we can pray that we will have the right intelligence to do the correct thing in that situation to safeguard us at the same time not carry that grudge, anger, resentment, envy and all those things. Thanks so much. Thank you. Ladies? Did you have a question? We'll come back to you. Just to piggyback off this gentleman's question, Trevor Martin got killed and we're not in the ghetto. I lived near the ghetto when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Someone had gotten killed, someone had gotten raped, mm -hmm. and it instilled a lot of fear in me. So, the other response to anger, which is, I really appreciate, is withdrawal. And, and it shows up in many ways. A kind of trauma that goes, we're not our body, but it goes in the body. Mm -hmm. And unless you're chanting 24-7, which is probably a good thing to do, or always thinking of God. For instance, if you go out in the grocery store, mm -hmm. we're all great here and we're all loving. You go out in the grocery store and some lady 
is fiddling with her purse, and you're in a hurry because you have to go somewhere. Your kids are in the car. The ice cream is in the car. I don't know. How quick does our patient, after three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, and there's a whole line of people, and we're all, you know, humble. I'm, I'm just giving a little example of how quick we can be triggered. No, we, I, so, no I, I accept that. So if someone grows up in their ghetto and they have trauma stored in the body, it's a, it's a very complicated situation. I'm being sincere. Yeah, yeah. Because I agree with everything you said, and yet to be humble requires a sense of presence. And mind can't get out of mind. In other words, if mind, if you're upset about something, you, you can take a time out, you can chant. I think it'd be very useful for the next, a practical, practical strategies. For when we walk out of here, and I don't care if it's the, for instance, even a doctor, I'll give you another one. Mm -hmm. I'm, my father was very sick. He wanted the best doctor. I don't want the third best doctor. Who can I, oh, I have the best doctor. I have the best doctor. Everyone has the best doctor. Well, everyone can't be the best. So there's a difference between being humble, confidence, and being arrogant. Yes. Right? So but, but we're just human beings. Yes. And so I agree all these things, but when you walk out that door and you go in the hospital, you better be confident or I don't want you. The rubber hits the road. So, yeah. no, I, 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 I'm not making fun. I'm no, being no, I'm, really no, sincere. I, am, I, am, I appreciate the, the perspective that you are bringing in. And the purpose of discussing these higher principles is not to say that I am, that we are all expected to practice it right now at the end when the clock strikes two and the class is done. Too bad. You, you, you have to become a pure devotee. Otherwise, you are, your life is waste. No, it's, it doesn't mean that. What you said is the reality where we stand. And the, these higher principles are our destination. So from wherever we are at, at some point of time, from this state to that state, we have to go. How does it happen? Do we do a long jump or a high jump from where we are to go to that state? It doesn't happen. It's not real. One step at a time. But this should. You should do this. You should do that. What I'm saying is if someone is deeply traumatized, they've witnessed the murder, they've been yelled at as a kid, I don't care what you do. And then this gentleman said, don't forgive, but don't forget. It is not, I'm going to say it's not our fault. We can, I'm just going to tell you what a teacher of mine said, that Buddha used to be up there, is that you can pray to the Lord to give you, Socrates said, wisdom is not knowing what we don't know. Real humbleness is to say, we, I don't know what I don't know. So sometimes I act like an ass. Sometimes I'm not so honest, and I don't to, even know it. And yeah. I don't know it. How can you work on something you don't know? To, to address your question, you are talking about the, the reality where the trauma is too much to handle. There are ways to handle those trauma too. Yeah, and I will give you three examples from real life people who are not saintly personalities or these personalities we are talking about who are on that high level. Some years back in Pennsylvania, in an Amish school, somebody walked in with a gun and shot everybody and most of the students in that classroom got killed. And the parents of these Amish people 
and the siblings they all got together and they went to the home of that person the parents the the killer's parents in the middle of the night they went and knocked on their door and then said these guys were like terrified okay these people have come to give it back to us they said we have come here to forgive your son so it's possible for them they could find that strength to overcome their terrible losses in their life they are not very great saintly personalities we are talking about but they could find in themselves to forgive so our practical things when we drive on the road when somebody cuts in front of us we start showing our middle finger and we start spewing out all vulgar words and say, get the hell out what what do you think you are they at that time we can just tolerate it and say okay that person might be for whatever reason might be doing that but i will not allow that to disturb my peace because that person did it only once but we keep playing it over and over in our mind our entire day is ruined and that person is happy child <laughs> come back to you this gentleman had a question or a comment thank you prabhu thank you uh my question was that uh, we talked about the pride and false ego and identity crisis syndrome and so on well and good we all have that the problem is the root cause of the problem is that uh, where it comes from how it comes from what are the deficient deficiency that person has which really make him do that because let's say i am play the devil's advocate uh i may be doing inadvertently the some of those things which you mentioned but i have no idea i wanted to survive in this world and i say well i in order to survive it i got to be a little aggressive i got to let the guy know that where yeah. he stands where i stand so i feel even though we chant uh, hari krishna and we have a mantra and we read bhagavad gita and all that but the the real problem is the deficiency uh, uh, spiritual deficiency if you will yes the enlightenment and somebody like yourself who can enlighten people and this is what we need we, right now we are going through a person i'm not going to name it but we all know that the person thinks he's the best he's the top he's the most handsome yeah she is the most handsome and i'm everything but the problem is does he know why he is doing that so this yeah no there are more persons that might not be doing it that's why we don't judge them and say they are bad they are sinners no it's not like that but we are also aware that there are more people out there waiting for this kind of knowledge to be given to them that's what shila propad did 1965 when he came over to usa he knew very well that there are many people out there in the world that really will benefit from this knowledge that i carry with me my duty and responsibility is to make sure that it reaches their hands so whatever a struggle i have to undergo i will come i will tolerate the sufferings all the shortcomings and i will try to give this knowledge to everybody 
And then as followers of Śrīla Prabhupāda, if we are really following his mood, we will also try to do the same thing. We go and knock on the doors to distribute books. Palaka Prabhu is doing Sankirtan in Springfield, Saturday and Sunday, mainly for that reason. To just make people aware that there is an oasis in the middle of the desert. Please come. Please get all your friends and relatives. Come. Learn about this. And once you learn about it, we will also help you to practice that in your life. And see the change for yourself, experience it for yourself. Thank you. Yes, Prabhu. So I think it's almost close to two. So we will wrap it up here. Thank you all very much. Srila Prabhupada Kijayi.